Welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit with your host, myself, Anna Louise Kenny. I'm here to bring to you the knowledge and skills to level up your business. We are speaking to industry experts across the industry to make sure that you're getting your knowledge in skincare, equipment, ingredients, and everything else you need to make sure you have the best of your business. Welcome back to the Skin Philosophy Edit. Myself, Anna Louise, and with me today is Debbie Thomas of Debbie Thomas Clinics. So Debbie has been in the industry for a good few years, but in the advanced aesthetic space for the last 18 years and has had the famous Debbie Thomas Clinic for the last 13. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you in because your clinic is very well renowned. It has very high standards and it's great for the listeners to hear about how to set up a clinic like that. Um, so let's start from the beginning. How did you get into the industry? Well, I accidentally fell into the aesthetics and advanced skincare realm. I, I came from being a traditional facialist. Um, I was offered to go and watch some IPL training, which I poo-pooed at first and kind of went, oh, you know, I don't know, what, what's, what's the point in that? Um, but I went into the training set and then I thought actually no clients might ask about it so I'll pop in and have a little look and after about 10 minutes of being in there I was like oh my god this is the future of skincare like proper skincare rather than just sapping a few bit you know I sort of saw the huge potential um, within it so I very very quickly jumped ship um, and went to work in a uh, clinic in Harley Street to um, learn as much as I could about the industry. Yeah, because that is an important point. A lot of people, they might qualify and they might say, okay, I'll just go in and set up a clinic. But going in and learning with experts is such a huge advantage. And I'm sure with Harley Street, you were busy. Yeah, I mean, it was great. The people I was working under had so much experience. I mean, for me, you know, anyone can get a qualification, as you say. But the the nuances of how to treat different skins if someone has a reaction how to treat that reaction that comes with experience and when you've got people around you that can support you and explain to you and help you get through those different um, complications or or unusual skin types or skin conditions and things it is invaluable it would definitely be my my thing would say go and work for someone for a couple of years and just get some real good hours under your belt with support okay and how did you go from job to setting up because that's the most scariest part is what made you decide to where location unit um it really happened because because i um, studied beauty and holistics before getting into the aesthetic realm and when i was doing facials i'd become a sort of um I think at the time they were sort of saying it was the new super facialists where we weren't really doing a traditional follow the paint by numbers type facials. Um, we sort of broke the mold a little bit. We weren't just using one brand to do our facials. We were customizing and mixing and doing all that, but using more traditional skincare um, sort of um, approaches, if you like. And they, when I went into aesthetics, it was very much I call it paint by numbers you know you get given quite a strict protocol for everything and I just when I was treating acne for instance there was kind of one acne protocol so everyone that had acne that came through we did exactly the same thing on them and 
probably 50 or 60% of people got an amazing result because lasers and acne works well. But there was always this group of people that just wouldn't quite get the right result. And I wanted to, and I started thinking back to my being a bit more bespoke and, and tailoring things a little bit. And I'd had by this time five years experience working in Harley Street. So I was really getting to understand my tools. Um, and I wanted to mix things together. But when I approached the, the, the clinic owners and stuff like that and said, oh, I really want to try doing this with this and seeing if I get a better result, the answer was a hard no, because that's not how we do things. We do things in a very modulated way. And I was like, mm, that's so frustrating. So I stuck it out for about another year and I was getting more and more frustrated because I really wanted to help these people that were, you know, weren't responding as well. Um, and the only way I could do that was to start my own business so that I could do it the way that I felt would get the best uh, results for my clients. So it was basically combining my you know, sort of six years of beauty experience with my nearly six years of aesthetic experience to create these bespoke treatments. Um, and yeah, getting the, the guts to, to start my own business. I mean, it was super scary. Um, luckily, I had some contacts. I was able to start with a room in Harvey Nichols, um, which nice. I rented from um, a hairdresser based there that I'd done some training for them previously. So I had the contact. Um, my husband, which was then my boyfriend, um, gave me the confidence to do it in terms of he was more financial and sort of understood numbers and things like that. Again, you do need to sit down and really forecast and understand and be realistic. Um, he's very, very cautious with his numbers. So he, he really downplayed what we were going to be able to do, which meant that we didn't go in and get um, sideswiped, I think, because sometimes... I mean, one of the things that I found was, you know, when someone shows you a machine or a new product brand, they go, well, if you're doing 10 a day, you could make this much money. Well, you're not going to be doing 10 a day for quite a while. You know, you've yeah. got to build your client base up. You've got to take time. So you've got to have that contingency plan that you might only be doing one a day yeah. for six months, you know, and then you might be doing two or three a day. And then, you know, and it can take two or three years to really get up to the 10 a day point. So yeah. Um, I think a bit of business understanding does have to come into it as well as being an excellent, you know, therapist. Yeah, because we're terrible at the forecasting business. And I was even down with some therapists in their clinic the other day. And I was like, have you worked out because they're buying a new mm. machine? I was like, have you worked out how you're going to make this money back? Do you know how much you can afford? Mm. Because they're looking at, you know, 40, 50, 30,000, whatever spending on machines. And they were like, no, I was like, you can't realistically, you have to work out your figures first mm. and know what I've seen so many therapists go under because they've taken on big machines mm. and half have made the business and um, then have to basically close. I mean, I started my business. Um, I was working with a couple of product brands which had peels and stuff like that and some micro needling um, the old rollers that we all used to use. Um, and my first device was actually the hydrofacial. So I think I was like the second person in the UK to have a hydrofacial oh, wow. like 13 years ago. Um, so and the reason I went for the hydrofacial is I couldn't afford a laser, a good laser. And I wanted to make sure I was working with good equipment. But the hydrofacial could be used on every single person that came through the door pretty much. Whereas sometimes when you buy a device and it's very good at doing something, but it can maybe 
only treat 50% of the people that walk through your door. You've suddenly got a machine you can only use 50% of the time. Yeah. So with the device that I went with, the reason I chose it was because it was so, um, you know, I could use it on so many different people. So that really meant that it was able to make its money back, um, which was great. And then once I'd built up my client base, I then started going, well, who am I treating now? Oh, actually, a lot of my clients are acne and age management. So then I started looking for a device that would really, that I could use for both of those sort of skin conditions. Um, and I ended up buying a, a laser that had an endiag and an erbium, um, which had lots of different attachments, so I could do quite a lot with it. Um, and so again, then I built up my business, built up my business, was using this this laser now probably on 60% of my clients, but I still had my hydrofacial to use on everyone else. And you slowly, slowly start to see. And then I was like, okay, now what, what do I need to do? Um, and it was like, okay, well, I've actually now also got a lot of people that have got rosacea and there's some pigmentation. And actually I've got people coming in now that have got darker skin tones. What can I do to kind of help those people? So I built my business on who I actually had coming through my door and bought my machines that way rather than going someone's got a really shiny machine and it sounds amazing and all the press are talking about it it's like if, my, if your clients aren't having those treatments done aren't going to pay f- that amount of money to have those treatments done aren't suitable for that treatment there's no point investing in that machine so yeah. definitely look at your client base if you haven't opened yet and you're trying to work out what to buy initially do some market research in your very specific area look at what people's budgets are look at what people are spending see what else is around talk to people you know find out what what they would really love to have done in that area and then get a machine that ideally can be used on as many people as possible but definitely that is targeting the the local client base that you'll be working with yeah because it's that kind of niche down that you kind of when people are opening up, they don't think they think they can cater to everyone, but they don't realize not everyone is going to come through their door. So they have to realize who is actually coming through mm-hmm. the door. So the other question then is what people find difficult setting up a clinic is deciding on skincare line and you're developing your own skincare line at mm-hmm. the moment. So what what made you decide and what you worked with at the time? How did you you know, what do you look for? Um, I look for clinical based you know evidence that these products work so and you also want to work with a brand that has a lot of support and a lot of training um you know there are a lot of brands out there that probably do have great ingredients and great products but if they're not giving you support with the training and the information and stuff you you kind of almost can't get the most out of them so i mean and you, when you're talking about training and i think this is this goes back to you know right at the very beginning of all of my stuff what I could say to people is having core training and core understanding, like a really, really good um, base before you start going off and specializing is so important. Um, a lot of people think that they can do quite quick courses, that they can do superficial courses in something really, I don't know, they're not getting in depth and they're not really learning about their thing. Once you fully understand the skin 150% and you start to understand your ingredients 150% and you, then you start to understand your different technologies, you then start to really be able to form good decision making. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people jump into things with half the knowledge sometimes and I I think it's detrimental to them because you get your you end up getting yourself into problems because you get caught out. 
but it can also cause problems for your clients, which affects your reputation. So at the very, very beginning of any of this, invest in the best possible training courses that you can and just learn and learn and learn. Um, and so when you've got really good base knowledge, then you want to work with brands, whether it's equipment or products that are going to support you fully, um, give you ongoing training because obviously new products will come out, new techniques will come out. You want to know that you're going to be able to get access to those. Um, if you do end up in a position where you're employing people, you want to know that they're going to be supported and trained. If you've got reception or front of house staff, you want to know that they're going to get kind of some basic training in how to um, knowledge of the product so they can also sell products you know so you really want to make sure that you get a company that's going to be amazing with the support and the education yeah it is it is really important and brands are better now these days for the training than they used to be you know like mm. laser training used to be three hours long but you know when you see some of the ones like dermaquest and that they'll do like three days of training for skincare lines so it's really good so you opened up and You've actually built a really good reputation. Obviously, it's standard, it's referrals. How did you develop that? How did you know to develop such a good business? Like where, you know, what, how did you do it? It's so tricky because a lot of it was just sort of instinct and going with my gut. I, I knew that the advanced skin care industry was going to explode because when I first started in it, it like hardly any if you spoke to anyone about laser everyone would just look at you blank eyed you know they would be like a laser but you know they they knew that some people knew you could do laser hair removal but above and beyond that there was hardly any knowledge and that included with the journalists and um you know other people within the the, the beauty industry no one really knew what they could do and when i sort of came out of it and i decided to do my own business um a lot of people within the um aesthetic side of the industry kind of were very dismissive of me saying that I was going to have a laser skin clinic because they were like if you're going to have a clinic you have to have a doctor-led clinic with Botox and fillers because that's where all the money is and I was like well I'm a facialist I'm not a doctor um, you know obviously um, there's a lot of um, questions about who can do what at the moment but for me myself personally I knew what I was good at I loved doing the laser stuff I loved doing skincare um, and I could get really great results by doing it. So it's a, um, yeah, it was just kind of an instinct thing, but it, the, the hardest thing really was explaining to people what I was doing, which we've done now. So now more and more people understand this part of the industry. When I started it, like I say, hydrofacial, no one knew what it was. Microdermabrasion, yeah. people were like, oh my God, are you gonna like scrape my skin off? Um, peels, they thought they weren't gonna be able to go out for six months, you know, all of these things, these myths that you had to kind of break through and bust down. And that's what I've been concentrating on really for the last 13 years by working with the journalists, it's educating them to educate the public, to bring people into our industry with confidence so that they can, you know, um, reap the benefits of all the amazing treatments that we have to offer. Um, for me, the reputation was really, really key. And I maintained a lot of my reputation by just being incredibly honest with people. Yeah. I'm really honest with my clients. I manage expectations above and beyond. I undersell everything that I do and hopefully over deliver. Um, 
I'm really honest with when I do talk to anyone publicly about what we do about what to expect and what not to expect and things like that and I think that has given people a lot of trust and I think that's key people if people trust you they'll recommend you if people trust you they'll want to spend more time with you spend more money with you so it's really about knowing your 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 industry so well that you just naturally sell it to people without having to push it yeah exactly because they see your authenticity coming through Mm. they see you're genuine so you don't have to be salesy because they see you you know what you're talking about and you want to give them good results but you're being honest about the type of results you're going to give so you have the clinic going 13 years and you've a few doctors and a good few staff how many staff are you at now well my business in total is 17 wow but there's seven therapists i think um yeah we're open seven days a week we're open nine to eight every day yeah the doctors that are there they rent a room from me Mm -hmm. so we just do a referral thing between us um which is great but it's just nice to have all that under one roof but you know i didn't start my my business with that model it just so happened i had a spare room so i was able to rent it out um but yeah i my, my business is based on my passion and i think if you do it with genuine passion i think you you can succeed but just expect it to take a while <laughs> and to work hard because it is i mean i you know 13 years ago i started this business and i look back at all the jobs i've had i know when i was studying at college when i was doing my beauty i was studying and i had three jobs mm. so i studied full-time and worked three jobs and i think now that I've got all these people working for me and my business is quite mature I don't think I've ever worked so hard in my life yeah you know people think it gets easier as you you get it it's it's hard but I know what I want and what I'm trying to achieve so I'm willing to put the hours in but we all have different I suppose expectations from our business but yeah it's yeah it's it's hard work so you're you're at the moment developing your skincare line which i know like it takes a lot to go into and i know obviously from your standards you want to make sure everything is done right how stressful has it been it's been i mean i've gone through three different formulators okay because the first two just didn't understand what i was trying to trying to do that was frustrating because obviously a number one financially frustrating but also time you know, you you wasting a lot of time with people. Um, but it has led me to now work with the people I'm working with now who are actually fantastic and have exceeded my expectations, which yeah. is incredible. I mean, people have been asking me if I'm going to do my own skincare probably for five or six years. People are saying, are you going to do it? Are you going to? And I've always kind of gone, mm, I don't want to do it unless I can do it really well. Mm. Um, I work with such amazing brands and there are such amazing brands out there. If I can't be equal to or better than, Why there's no you? point doing yeah. it. Because I'd rather, I want my, my customers to have the best that they can have. And if I can't match that, then there's no point. And I sort of feel like now I can match that and I can do it in the way that I want to do it, which is exciting, but it's such a long, I mean, I've been doing it for five years now. Yeah. Um, and um, like, I do understand people think it's exaggeration, but it's not. I know what you mean. You get a formulator on, you have conversations that take six, nine months and then it's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. Then you have to start the process again and then it's sourcing ingredients and everything. So you think nine months time you'll. I'm hoping we're hoping wood. for spring next year. But, yeah. you know, I thought it was going to be spring this year. Yeah. <laughs> so timelines can change, but we're definitely a lot further along than we've 
we've ever been and um, I've been using the products myself and actually been like I say over you know really surprised by how much I've really loved them and stuff like that you know I always sort of thought okay they'll they'll be good but they'll be similar to other products but actually I've been yeah really enjoying using them and excited to launch them and to get other people to use them um, but it's it's interesting having these these ideas in your head and trying to get them out onto into the real world you know it, it doesn't transpire quite the way that you think it will but no. we are getting there now <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like people say what's the difference between expensive and cheap but there's a lot of work research money that goes in the whole way up to the build up of it so what are you going to call it debbie thomas um it's going to be by debbie thomas okay but the the name is is under secret under wraps at the moment until oh really we do, until, we trademark. Do, until we do our big our big marketing launch for it and things like that but yeah it's um so this is the other thing, you know, when you're, when you're talking about having your own business, um, there are so many things to consider it, because the, the clinic is now actually called the D. Thomas Clinic. Mm. And the reason for that, it used to be the Debbie Thomas because obviously it was just me in a room once upon a time, so everyone just called it Debbie Thomas. Mm. Um, and then as I started to grow, and the problem I had with that is that everyone wanted to see the Debbie Thomas. And about five or six years ago, we changed all of our branding and changed it to the D. Thomas. And that actually helped depersonalize it a little bit. So there are people now that come into the clinic and see my team that don't even know I exist, yeah. which is great. And the same with the products. So I'm not calling it Debbie Thomas or D. Thomas because if I ever want to sell it or yeah. something else happens or you end up working with partners and stuff, yeah. I, I kind of want to keep my name as my name and the product brand will have its own name and, and that can be used. So, you know, business planning, it, it's about a lot of forecasting, looking at the future, thinking about the future, what if, what if, what if, and kind of putting everything into place. It's never as simple as... Yeah, no, I, I like that actually is a really good point because I see that with some people that have done, done their name and people walking in and they're like I want to be with the person mm. you know that's above the door and it's not viable for you no. to be in doing treatments all day every day you can't grow a business so you're also thinking about a second clinic well the idea is I will have multiple clinics at some point so the next one that we're looking at is um, I think we're going to look at Dubai mm. um, I've already been out there to do a little bit of research and everything and definitely think that it's a, a good place to to be um, but I don't want to start that project until I've launched the products because um, I'm also doing lots of things personally I'm sort of developing a house and things like that so there's only so much you can stretch yourself to until you 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 start dropping balls um, and I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job on each of these projects before I take on the next one and how do you do with that life balance thing because I'm shocking bad at it um I would say I'm pretty bad at it, but my husband runs the business with me, so we kind of do it together, so it doesn't feel so... Um, I think if I was coming home and he didn't wasn't aware of what was going on in the business, he might be frustrated with it, and probably me the same with him when I get home and he's still you know working on his computer at 10, 11 o'clock at night. But because we're in it together, we can kind of support each other and understand the frustrations, but it's... Um, I guess in my mind, I do see an end point at some point, and I'm like, right, I just need to get to a certain point, and then hopefully the the business will be strong enough and big enough that 
I don't need to be involved in everything day to day like I am now but you know how long that's going to take it might be five years it might be 15 you know yeah you don't know the way the world is, especially if a pandemic sits in the middle of it mm. it can tend to slow stuff down a bit so the bigger picture then the end goal would you ever do anything like franchising and stuff I've thought about franchising um, but not my main clinic. I've got other ideas of, of other things that I wanted to do. And I've actually already done a business plan for it and got the whole concept set up um, with the the main clinic, the, the sort of the D. Thomas Clinic. Um, Dubai is, is next. And um, ideally after that, New York would be yeah. the, the next place I would look at. Um, so I want to sort of have a global presence. And then with the products, it's it's obviously launching in the UK, but then I quickly want to start going international and, um, you know, obviously have a global brand with that. So will there come become some kind of franchise out of that? I'm sure there could be. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I get approached a lot by um, hotels and things like that that want me to do stuff for them or to help them develop um the beauty side that they have because not so many people are going in for the spa facials and things like that but they're not in a position really to take on big lasers or uh, invest in the type of training and, and everything that we have and also they have a very transient client base so there are certain things that are just not suitable for you know one-offs and things like that so um, I have already put together sort of a plan for that kind of treatment offering where it's more boosters and um you know party facials and yeah. you know still advanced still much better than a traditional sort of hands-on beauty facial but with a little bit more punch and, and things like that it's funny because i've been speaking to hotels in india about the exact same thing because they're five star outside stunning stunning mm. but spas are reflexology thigh massage mm. and you have a lot of international business people going into these hotels that like when I was there, you'd love just to boost her facial, you mm. know, just to give your skin a glow if you had a meeting or something like that. So I think that's a real good idea for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the difficulty I had is that the way that I work is I have multiple brands that I work with. So when I was talking to them and I was like, well, if you want to kind of do what if you want me to create something for you that I do, then it's gonna you're gonna have to buy in multiple brands. You're gonna have to do this. You're gonna have to, do, and it's it's not really viable for that yeah. kind of business model. Whereas when I've got my own range, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can create the perfect treatment plan for them. Um, yeah, yeah there, there's definitely some options um, and some ways to do it. You know, and I've always been interested in, in wanting to do um, some of the training stuff as well. Mm, but yeah. I mean, I don't have the capacity to. For do that full time um, for sure at the moment but you know maybe in the distant future it could be something that I look into a bit more yeah. you know I love sharing my knowledge and my passion yeah. and um, experience with people um, it's just difficult to do when you're multitasking so much yeah and that is the killer of being I think a proper entrepreneur is you're always you see opportunities and you can't help yourself and mm. there is that kind of thing like I know if if I hadn't opened the clinic in Barnes the training would be so much bigger but because I split myself mm. into that and then we were doing health retreats and do you know it was just too much it was yeah. like focus on one thing get one thing solid mm. up and running then move on to your next project but it can so easy run away with itself it 
it's hard not to get excited about opportunities. I think that's the whole thing. You know, you see something and you know that it could be fantastic, but it's about having the time, the capacity, and you only gain that time and capacity by making sure that the thing before is done well enough that you can almost step away from it. Yeah, to, yeah. You know, you, you obviously have to keep an eye on it and, and sort of dip in and out, but you can almost leave it to run on its own. Um, um, and that also means that you have to give up some of your... <laughs> <laughs> the um you know i think as as the actual business founders we we tend to want to micromanage a lot of things and you, again it's a it's a, an amazing skill to learn like to actually i mean if we could box that up teaching people to to step away and allow other people to actually yeah. make decisions and run things when you're so used to having control of everything yeah it's, it's a big step <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard step and so if you were say for any of the therapists that are out there at the moment that are thinking of setting up or into the industry for setting up a business to be successful what are your top three things you would say um training 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 i cannot express how important it is i mean some of the um some of the training courses that I've seen that people have done are appallingly bad and you might think oh it's a really quick and cheap way to get a qualification it's a really quick way to mess up your career I think and waste money and waste money you're going to go into you're going to go into your business with not the right experience and that is going to cause you way more hassle than actually just knuckling down and doing a proper course um if you can I would say work with other people as well you know go and work in a clinic for a couple of years under other people that have been doing it for a long time and just learn and gain experience experience I think to me is on par with getting a good qualification and a good understanding because the experience is refining and honing and actually putting into practice what you've learned and understanding how not everything you'll learn in a textbook actually um, reflects <laughs> reflects exactly into real life and how do you manage those like weird changes and, and everything like that. Um, do your market research, you know, really spend a bit of time, look at what your area is like, look what people's expendable um, uh, incomes are, um, look at what else is on offer in the area, go and talk to people, you know, ask friends of friends find out you know if someone is if someone can only spend let's say the people in your area maybe could spend a hundred pounds a month on their skincare on their facial you're not going to be going out and buying a hundred and fifty thousand pound laser because you are not going to get your money back so then you've got to look at well what could i do that i could offer those treatments that are you know between 50 to 100 whereas you know I'm very fortunate. I'm in Chelsea, you know, centre of London. It's an affluent area, but I've also got a great reputation. So a lot of people travel to me knowing that they're going to spend a lot more than that. And my machines reflect that. I've been able to now buy very expensive machines because I know I can afford to pay for them. Mm. Um, so market research um, and choose good brands to work with. Don't cut corners. You know, you want to work with reputable brands, whether it's products or machines, and as I've said before, the, you want to work with brands that are going to support you. Um, you know, if you've got a machine and you can't get it serviced, if it breaks, if mm. you've got a machine that, you know, if it breaks the 
it, they don't even have a um, support team in the UK, it's going to be very, very difficult for you. Also, if something goes wrong, um, if you you know did burn someone or someone has a reaction and you don't have a support team here that can help you with that that can be very difficult and stressful and there's nothing worse as a therapist that when something goes wrong and your patient or your client ends up with a burn or you know a really bad rash and you're just feeling you feel awful because you're there to try and make them feel better and you've suddenly they look worse than they did before it's like how do you manage that you want support during all of that so yeah really good training with experience if you can um, really research your your area very well do lots of forecasting and stuff I mean you know you can google how to forecast and stuff go and find people that do business um, uh, what's it called mentoring that yeah. kind of thing to try and get a real understanding of how to run a business um, and work with really excellent products and brands yeah that actually before we finish up when what skincare brands are you working with in the clinic just for curiosity uh, well, at the moment i have got skin better science yes. revision um do, 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 do. my brain is i've got bionic i have got tebby skin um i've got some medicaid some neostrata pca skin there's a big one that I'm missing and I can picture it, but I can't remember the name of it. Oh my God, it's a thing. I mean, in the uh, also some, I say Medicaid, I've got yeah. some Medicaid in there. Um, I've got things like Revitalash, I've got Oxygenetics. Um, so I've got quite a few brands. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to build up relationships with brands so that I don't have to necessarily have a whole range in. I cherry pick the best out of each range yeah i think each range tends to do certain products really really well yeah um uh, circadia is circadia, the other yeah. one yeah so um i cherry pick sort of the, the the cream of the crop of each brand and, and sort of offer those you know yeah. some people do really amazing retinols but maybe their antioxidants aren't so good so i get the antioxidants from somewhere else so i've been able to do that but yeah once you've established you know your, your your main core brand that you can use then hopefully you can get into a position where you can think. yeah but they're all good brands they've all got good support with them so. yeah and that's what it's just for therapists to hear so they can go research themselves look into the type of brands like you said mm. working out the type of money as well that they need to like there's no point in offering a skincare line that's out of budget for the mm. clients that they're going to be treating as well um but yeah so it's just interesting to hear the skincare lines yeah, I mean, for a starting point, I would say out of London, Medicaid is probably one of the better brands because it's it's really cost effective, mm. but effective. Yeah. Um, but the other brands, I definitely think that once you start to build up, you know, obviously, I mean, I think a revision is £200 for the cream. You know, it's a lot of money for okay. one product. Yeah. I that's a day serum or something like that. Um, whereas the Medicaid day serums you can sort of get for... 40 50 60 so yeah definitely looking at at prices and budgets and and stuff like that because yeah. you don't want to end up with lots of stock on your shelves that you can't shift yeah exactly exactly okay well thank you so much for that debbie it was really informative and i'm sure everyone will love it so thank you for coming in no thank you for having me hopefully it is helpful <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs>